All right, so I'll I'll do the intro for the pod. Um, I'll introduce uh, Will, Chloe, Chris. I'll introduce all of you. Obviously, all of you know the drill at this point. Um, so I don't perfect. know the drill actually. Can, can you tell us the drill? <laughs> I'm new to the drill. I, I'm just, new. I've never been on this what, pod before. What what kind of drill is it? Is it like a uh, fire drill? A tornado <laughs> drill? I think a power drill. Do I have to leave my apartment for the drill? Practice drill? Maybe, maybe like a tactical drill? Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the BI Scoreboard, everyone. I am your host, Austin Hansen. Siobhan Chahuja is out this week, so I am joined by my temporary co-host, Will Feynman. Will, how are we doing? Doing great. Happy to be here. Uh, also joining us uh, are two football staffers. Uh, first up, we have Chloe Peterson, assistant sports editor, women's basketball specialist. Uh, Caitlin Clark, um, I don't know, ex- like covering extraordinaire. What I don't know if there's anything I missed, but Chloe, how are we tonight? Oh, doing great. Um, I would just like to say I'm cooler than Chris because I was introduced first. The burn is gonna have to say something about that that I know nothing about, of course. Chloe mentioned it. Uh, we are also joined by Chris Werner, uh, DI sports reporter, football reporter, golf reporter, um, and scrub. I think is also on his list, <laughs> list of <laughs> please don't tell me we're actually putting all this in. I I mean I've popped on for 30 seconds and the slander is overwhelming right now. Let's dive into the first topic. Um, obviously Iowa's got Indiana this week at home at Kinnick Stadium. First game Iowa football play with fans since 2019. Um, since we don't have much time and we have Courtney Bazario of Iowa volleyball, um, she's our outside hitter senior. Uh, since we have her on later in the podcast, let's just go through quickly uh, with some game predictions for this weekend. Chris, Chloe, Will, give me one key to the game um, and give or a marquee matchup or something you have your eye on, um, a final score prediction, and a winner. I will go first. I'm going to go with Jack Campbell and Dane Belton, along with the rest of the Hawkeyes defense up against uh, Penix Jr., Michael Penix Jr., and that Hoosier offense. They were high-powered a year ago, and, uh, of course, Penix was injured late last year, but he's back, and uh, they've still got Freifogel, their number one receiver, who's making some noise or looks to make some noise uh, this season again in the Big Ten. So it's really going to come down to that, I think. Um, and I will go nail-biter, but uh, all of the Hawkeyes will get off to the right start for my 10 and two record prediction that will become reality. I'm going to go 24, 20 Hawkeyes. So to clarify a couple of things that Chris said, he wrote a point counterpoint against me. I said, I was final record this season would be eight and four. Um, Chris said 10 and two and Michael Penix jr. Is Indiana's quarterback. Their starter, Jack Tuttle started at the end of last year with Jack Tuttle, Indiana scored about 10 points per game. With Michael Penix Jr., they scored 35. Um, Chloe, I'll toss it to you next. All right. Obviously, I think the key of the game is Michael Penix Jr. and how he will rebound from his ACL tear they had running towards the sideline, which is just a terrible way to tear your ACL, but that's not the point. Um, I think if he has a good game, it could be Indiana could easily beat Iowa if 
Penix Jr. and Freifogel can do what they usually do. And my prediction is who has gone against all of the football staff and Jason and John. I will Don't pick Indiana. No. <laughs> I will pick it. Indiana. Um with a Austin, fun. Can score. you take her off the football staff? <laughs> or Robert, if you're listening, please do. I will pick Indiana before Chris oh so rudely interrupted me. I will pick Indiana. A score of twenty-one to seventeen. I will keep its streak of less than twenty-five points given up per game, but they will lose. I assume I'm next. Um I'm Chloe kind of took most of the things I was going to say. Michael Penix Jr. is obviously the key to this game um, on Iowa's side. I think it's the quarterbacks. Whoever decides, if Petrus decides to, you know, play the way he was near the end of the year last season, then Iowa definitely has a shot. But uh, I think Penix Jr. is going to come back from the ACL injury, um, you know, doing pretty well. Will he have his best performance? Probably not, but he's a very talented player. He kept Indiana in that game against Ohio State last year. and. Um, I'm going to side with Chloe here. I'm going to go with Indiana winning. I like the 21 points for, for Indiana, but I, I think I would will probably not even put up 17. I'm going to go 21-14 Indiana. So I'll, I'll even the score. Um, Indiana's defense is going to give up more than 17 points. They're horrific. Um, they, were down by, they were down at the bottom of the nation in defense last year. Uh, total defense, uh, pretty much every defensive statistic they were on. You know at the NCAA stats page where they have like 10 pages? Indiana's in the page three to five range, which at about 10 per page, that means they're in the 30 to uh, 50 range. Um, so I, I don't think that that's uh, – I don't think I was – I mean, their offense would have to be bad, right? They found their stride. They figured out how to win games last year. Let Spencer Peters throw the ball 15 times at maximum and run the ball until you cannot run it anymore. So I've got Iowa in this game. Um, that's, that's my main reasoning. Um, Iowa's defense will slow down Indiana's offense enough um, that they will be able to outscore them and win the game. And plus, it's hard to say what Mike Penix's health is going to be, right? A Big Ten football media day, he said he wasn't going to take a single live hit before uh, the Iowa game. So he will have gone since November 28th of last year uh, without taking a single hit. So the first person to, you know, pop him will be a Hawkeye defender. And I think that'll be the difference in the game. I think Michael Penix will just be a little bit rusty. And I think Phil Parker's defense will do just enough to help Iowa eke out a win. Close, though. Close, though. With, I'd say, a touchdown or less. What's the score prediction? Score prediction? Gosh, I'm going to go 28-25 Iowa. 51-49 Iowa. <laughs> just kidding. When's the last time? When's the last? Well, the Ohio State game, right? That was oh. that was the last time. Ohio State Iowa, uh, back in 2017, the 55 point Nate Stanley, Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, three interception Josh Jackson game would be the the last time Iowa scored that many points. Um, I mean, even against Miami of Ohio two years ago, they only scored 35. Uh, so Iowa's not exactly known for its explosive offense. So when they scored 55, that was a little bit of a shocker. All right, that'll be it for our football conversation. Now to Will and I's chat with Courtney Vizzerio. Whoosh. All right. Well, we are pleased to be joined by Courtney Vizzerio, outside hitter for Iowa Volleyball. You've played two or three games last weekend. 
two. Yeah. Two games last weekend. So two games into the season. Uh, thanks so much, Courtney, for joining us. Um, how was practice today? Practice was good. Um, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the days we really get after it. They're a little bit longer. So um, played a lot of played a lot of sixes and just working out some kinks that we can get better on for the weekend. So obviously I covered you a little bit um, when I was a freshman at the DI. Um, and in that time you were playing mostly um, outside hitter. Last season you split time between outside hitter and setter. And this year it looks like you're um, almost playing exclusively uh, at outside hitter. So what's it been like so far this year, you know, playing almost exclusively um, on the outside? Um, yeah, it's definitely different. I, I mean, having to do both um, last season and at the end of my sophomore year, it required a different, like, I guess, mindset of just flipping back and forth and honestly not thinking too much about each position because I was on to the next before I knew it. Um, and so now just being exclusively a hitter, it, it just, it's just different. I mean, I think I'm in a better like mental state to like handle being um, a senior leader on and off the court. So, um, and being exclusively just a hitter and being relied upon, I guess um, that's been the biggest shift of just knowing um, that I'm dependent upon when I get the ball and that uh, Bailey trusts me at the end of games to put the ball away. I think is something different that I was putting last year, I was putting trust in other hitters and now they're putting their trust in me to put the ball away. So it's fun though. I like hitting and it's um, different with hitting out of the back row too. Now that I think that's my biggest challenge this year is playing six row hitter. So just finding my way um, to be producing kills front row and back row. I was just going to say, because uh, obviously you know, you haven't played center and outside here your entire time at Iowa, but I feel like the most time you've gotten, or since you've gotten more and more playing time over your career, you've played mainly center and outside here. So what's the differences and how is that different, you know, in college compared to like, you know, when you're younger and probably on the court everywhere, um, hitting from the back? So like, just like the difference of doing, just hitting like all the way around or. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's different in the way of like I'm not just like observing the ball I guess back row I'm not there just to play defense um right I wouldn't say that's my strong point so um uh, definitely something I'm working at um being a better defender but I'm put back there to hit as well and um just seeing like different opportunities to like use the block I guess more because since it's like off the net Blockers could close faster and put up um, for good, stable hand net. So being able to like see that and be able to use hands more than just like you don't hit the ball straight down um, from the back row like you could in the front row uh, every time. So it's just being able to like see the whole court as um, to use different hands and find those seams if the timing's different and that sort of thing. How do you feel like your leadership has grown and your mental game has grown since you started here at Iowa over the last four years? I know you talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah, um, it's crazy 
to think that it is just time, honestly. Um, I've talked to like this summer coming up, I've talked to my seniors, um, Reagan and Molly, uh, and just how like seeing them as seniors and not seeing like how they grew their, during their um, career. Like I just kind of like idolized them of just who they were as people and um, players. And so, but talking to them and them knowing them being around the past three years and kind of getting to know me better off the court, like just talking through those things, like it's really just time, which is crazy that um, being put in different situations just in a few couple of years. And even with this crazy, like the crazy two years, I guess we've had that haven't played honestly a lot of volleyball, but um, just the growth that you're able to do outside of volleyball has helped tremendously. I think um, we have the four seniors, we've gone really close and off the court as well as on the court. And we're just able to mesh really well and knowing, knowing them for the past three years, um, we're like really clicking of knowing when to push each other hard, a little bit harder, when to back off a little bit if they're having a rough day or something like that. Um, I think we've found a really good rhythm of um, just consistency. And that, again, just takes time to get to know each other that well and um, find what works between people. It really is just time and doing it, I guess, which is just, it's hard to say that because it feels a lot more, but then it's gone by so fast that I look back at myself freshman year and I am 100% a different person off the court and then on the court as well. Um, it's, it's just, it's a crazy, crazy turnaround because I didn't think that three years I would change this much and like I said talking to Molly and Coyle they're like you like we knew it like we said that freshman year or to you your freshman year like you're it's just going to be you're going to be blown away by what hap what you realize happens during that time I guess in what yeah, ways do uh, you feel like you've changed in that time time you um, been the big you know switch up for you yeah, I think adaptability would be a good, like, overarching word for that. And I mean, it's come with, um, I mean, my time, we've had so many injuries that change is almost just it. I feel like I'm almost waiting for the shoe to drop of like something to change that I just like hop into something new. And so, uh, yeah, with yeah, all our injuries the past two years and then COVID and everything like that, um, I've just been able to, I feel like, handle and just take those changes better than I think I would have uh, early on and being in a position of being depended on on the court as well. Yeah, taking, taking on change as something good I guess or like changing into something good and realizing you could work out of that and it doesn't always necessarily have to be bad and a bad thing that something changed that there could like the light of the tunnel isn't so far away when something different happens and um, I think 
being able to realize that quicker is something that I've learned and I feel like I've grown with. I could see myself like early on in my career, understanding that later and maybe the next week or pre or when we were doing like spring, realizing what, like just the good that it, that change happened just a little while after. But now I think I can see it happening while it's happening a little bit better. So yeah, but that's just growing with uh, all our changes, I guess. Uh, how would you say, um, you know, the team has progressed over the four years you've been here? And obviously, you know, you also had a coaching change um, your freshman year. You had uh, were under Coach Shemansky. How has the, you know, the team and, and the style of coaching um, transitioned from being with Coach Shemansky to, to Coach Brown? How are, you know, practices different? How is the team coached different? What are those changes like? I mean, now my class is the only class that played for him. And so this really is, and I can see this truly being um, Vicky's program. And so it, it's like, it's hard for me to like, honestly kind of remember freshman year because it was freshman year. So there's so many changes and there's so many things going on that it just feels like a blur a little bit. But um, I think the team has changed in, I mean, obviously personnel has changed because people graduate whatever uh but I think there's more of an emphasis on like the whole team as a whole and each player is contributing to the bigger picture and on the court off the court um if you're injured if you can't even play um I think just the emphasis that every girl on our roster support staff coaching staff, everyone in our program has an impact in it in a positive and negative way. And so continuing like working to find uh, people's place to make it a positive impact, I guess. And I mean, Vicki is awesome in um, just like working with us to find our voice in everything that we do off the court, on the court. Um, which has been awesome to play under and like see that being implemented, I guess, now being in her third year and her like um, finding like her, her way through this program, I guess. Um, let, let's go back to the beginning a little bit though. So obviously you're from Chino Hills, California. Um, was it kind of a, a culture shock, you know, coming from California to Iowa as a freshman? I mean, especially in the winter time, obviously there's, a little bit of difference between the winter time in California and the winter time here in Iowa. So, yeah, um, it it was very different, and I liked it, and that's what I wanted. I I didn't really look at California schools when I was being recruited, because I was just I was like, it's four years, like I want to experience something different and new. And if I move back to California after, great, whatever. But I so I was searching for something different to experience and obviously the Midwest is very different in many ways, but um, yeah, the, the weather, that took a bit. My freshman year, <laughs> there was the polar vortex. So um, I just kept asking people, I was like, this can't be every year, like, right? Like this, this, this can't be real. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I can't, I don't know if I can do this, if this isn't 
five months out of the year sort of situation. But I mean, I love it. I've grown to love it. And just like the slower pace and there's not traffic everywhere you go. No, nothing takes more than a half, more than 10 minutes to get to. Whereas back home, I would go 30 minutes to get to high school. There's those things that I like love. And because I love that, I like dread going home because I, I have to like teach myself how to redrive because <laughs> California drivers are just crazy. And uh, <laughs> it's just that. So like with that, that stuff, I kind of dread going home. Like I don't want to deal with the traffic. I, I'm not ready to do that again, but the weather back there is pretty, it's pretty nice. So that's a nice part about going home, but yeah. I did want to ask you this question sort of relative to where you grew up. Will's laughing because I've wondered, I've, I've wondered this since I read your player bio as a freshman. I saw you were from Chino Hills, California. I'm like, I yeah. wonder if she knows the ball brothers. Like, did you run into them at all in Chino Hills? Like Lonzo? And um, yeah. Well, I didn't, my Megan went to high school with them. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't go to Chino Hills, but Meg, Megan did. And my older sister did, oldest sister did. And so they ran in a little bit of the same circles because of they were volleyball and basketball. So, um, yeah, she would see them around in the halls and stuff. And game days were always crazy. And there's so much security. And it's just it's, it's it's like weird to think about like a high school game having security for. But I mean, when all three of them were playing like they're all in the NBA. There's no, like, it makes sense why there was security. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever meet any of them or LeVar or, or no? Yeah, I would see him around, walking around. And my mom coached uh, at Chino Hills. She coached Megan in high school. And so they would, my mom would often see LeVar walking around because he was always talking to their the basketball coach and had always had an in uh, with them so but yeah Megan had mutual friends with them um so she would see she would talk with them I guess at school but yeah did you ever go to any of those basketball games that all three of them played in I went to a couple I guess I, went, I think I went more at like the ones that weren't at school like the <laughs> eight games more arena settings so uh, yeah I think I went to a couple of like the state and like CIF games that year but I mean they were it was fun because they were just running the show both teams so <laughs> very fun to watch uh, I was just gonna say so to sh shift gears back to volleyball a little bit we're talking a little bit about you know your upbringing in California, do you remember a moment that initially attracted you to volleyball? Like, were you like, yes, this is the sport I want to play? Or was that something you realized later? Um, I mean, I started playing club volleyball and like travel ball. Oh gosh. When I was third or fourth grade. So I was like nine, 10, I guess. And I mean, and then before that, I was playing like grass ball. So I was, I feel like, I mean, I've only played volleyball. I played soccer a little bit actually up until third or fourth grade when I started playing travel. Um, but I've only played volleyball. And 
I mean, I don't regret it, obviously, but it was just like, it was always going to be volleyball. And I don't think there ever was like a time where I like doubted if I should be playing volleyball. It was just like, this is what I do. Um, I, yeah, went to the same club Megan did, um, played for the same coaches and kind of just like followed in her footsteps a little bit. Um, so yeah, there's like never a doubt of should I try another sport? Like it was, it was always volleyball. So even with, you know, the height, there was never a thought of playing basketball. No, I, I don't know why. They just, <laughs> it, I, yeah, we just, I started it and it, yeah, there's just never a question, I guess, if I never asked my parents, if I like want, if they want, if they never asked me if I wanted to play anything else, I never asked them if I could play anything else. I was just like, yeah, it's volleyball. I go to volleyball practice. <laughs> yeah can you um, dunk a basketball um i know you're six five and i've watched you jump in a volleyball game and you've got mad hops so i wanted to ask you if you uh, could dunk i don't not a basketball <laughs> i i'm like touching 10 ish feet but that takes a couple more inches to get like your hand over the the hoop so not probably close to maybe dunking a golf ball but <laughs> Have you ever tried? No. We do like our jump testing in the weight room and we have like our marker of like 10 feet. But yeah, I've not, I mean, I like joke around and jump when the nets are out or whatever, the hoops are out. But yeah, I've never really tried, but. You can definitely get rim, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I like on very good day, I'd say very good day. Um. I guess moving back over to, to volleyball and your in your time with Iowa, um, do you plan, obviously with the COVID year, do you plan on using your extra year of eligibility or is this your last season? I mean, it's definitely, like, if I'm healthy and able, I guess, um, I would love to. I am graduating in the spring. So what it looks like after that, I'm open for anything, honestly, if I – it, since I am graduating there's just there's options so if I'm healthy and able to like I I definitely would love to keep playing what is your degree track that you're going to graduate with here in May I'm a health and human physiology major so my hope after is to get into like an accelerated nursing program so those are only a year and a half to get your bachelor's in nursing instead of four years like a standard bachelor's so that's the hope so um you've spent seasons at carver hawkeye arena and now you're transitioning to extreme arena um played the majority of the season there last year mm -hmm. what are the pros and cons to both and do you prefer one over the other this is a hard one because i mean we haven't ha we didn't have fans in extreme and that's like the hope that extreme brings uh, like a closer in or intimate feeling I guess like with the fans and like feeling more that they're like closer to the core and on top of the court and just like feeling their presence a little bit more in extreme so I'm hoping that's like the pro and that's what we're looking for in extreme but Carver is just I mean it's Carver it's it's a special place to play and it's just kind of iconic I've heard other teams say like this is it's an extremely hard place to play in because there's so much space 
uh, around and the ball moves differently. And so it definitely had a home court advantage of that, that each side, the ball moved differently. So trying to figure out passing was a little diff more difficult. Uh, serving was a little more difficult for some people. Carver special, but extreme, I think, holds a lot more promise, I guess, to build that as our true like home base and make that um, a really fun environment to play in and hopefully make it one of the top places in the country to play in. So we're really excited for next weekend um, to open it up for the first time with fans and stuff, and especially with Iowa State coming on Saturday. Um, I think that's going to be an awesome night because of Cyhawk and um, having people in there and uh, the band in there, cheer in there and just fill that place for real instead of just 30 of our parents uh, like we did last season. So I was going to ask because, you know, obviously last season with the COVID year, um, just a conference only schedule so you didn't get to play Iowa State and have the rivalry game. How much like how excited are you guys to have that rivalry match back? especially now that, you know, it's not a weird year and you, and you do have fans. Yeah, I, I know we're really excited. Obviously, the last time we played, we lost in five. And so, and I think a close fifth set. So that those losses just kind of sting a little bit more and especially coming from them, sting just a teeny bit more. So uh, I know we're all very excited to get back out there and, um, just have, yeah, just have another rivalry match. And I guess we've only had, I've only played in two, but those two games are probably one of the most fun games I've played in, beating them at their place my freshman year. And then even though we lost, but Carver was pretty filled and just a high intense game. So those two are definitely one of the most fun games I've played in here or been a part of here. So hoping to bring another win. So a lot of athletes have been jumping on the NIL bandwagon lately. Have you explored any options that might be available to you at all yet? Honestly, not really. Um, I've been pretty quiet on that, I guess. But I had a teammate, an old teammate, reach out that she's she was interning with, like, a PR company. And so, like, she just asked if – those companies had interests just that we were willing and able and I said yeah of course like if they reach out to me like yeah I'll see if um, that works out but um, I mean I know it takes a lot of uh, effort on our end to reach out to people and uh, make contact multiple times and just keep pursuing companies if you want to like work with them I guess but I've honestly Enough, not for any really particular reason, but I mean, I guess now with like school and season, um, my time is cut short a little bit, but um, I haven't put in my work, I guess, but yeah, I just haven't done anything, I guess, with it yet. Um, you know, obviously, um, especially now that we just had the Olympics and they're really on the bigger stage, obviously a lot of women's sports particularly, you know, women's basketball are becoming more and more popular in the U.S. and globally. What would you kind of attribute that growth and popularity to and how happy are you to kind of see, you know, women's sports and female athletes getting more recognition? 
I mean, like the recognition part, I think is so awesome. And that like the work is pretty much equal that, that we put in. And so to see that, yeah, it's just getting recognized is really awesome to see, but uh, yeah, volleyball has done so well, obviously the U S won the gold this year um, for the first time. And so I think volleyball overall is growing and um, definitely overseas is a big influx of uh, pro volleyball. And then there's a pro volleyball league this year for the first time. And so bringing that in, I think has been big of more college players um, having other opportunities instead of just going and living in Europe. And that's obviously a huge commitment, but being able to have that uh, pro league here has just, I think, opened uh, a lot more doors for more players to continue playing and stuff. So I know the season already started, um, but before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about, you know, what your big like goals are, expectations. Obviously, you have your home opener this weekend. I'm looking at the schedule now. It's Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge Week this week, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, and it's in Champaign. Home opener is two weekends from now. So mm-hmm. you've got Colorado and Washington this coming weekend. But what are your goals for the season? I mean, our ultimate goal is to make it to the tournament and um, each game putting us one step closer to that. Um, Obviously, last weekend wasn't how we wanted to start out, but um, we learned a lot of things from just two matches. And so um, we've been putting in a lot of work to fix those this week and just make those adjustments sooner than if we had a winning weekend, we might have not seen what we needed to adjust um, till later on. So uh, I think, yeah, our big goal is uh, NCAA tournament. So, so we we have one last question for you. Um, your time is valuable, so we won't keep you any longer. But uh, Will is he has a question about <laughs> a Zoom media availability he did last year. He's kind of embarrassed. Um, no, and we like I, to do no, something fun. Go ahead, Will. Um, tell, tell her the story. Yeah, I, I don't know if I actually um, requested you for this media availability, so I don't know if you were there for it, but uh, it was over Zoom because obviously last year all media stuff was over Zoom, mm-hmm. and my camera was off, and I was about to ask a question, and my roommate came over. Um, my roommate was in the room, and he blew his nose very loud, and um, it was right before I asked my question, and I was interviewing Coach Brown. And I know she heard it because she kind of looked around like, what the hell was that? So I was just asking if she mentioned anything or if you were there for that and, and you remember it at all. I, I, I don't remember it. And um, yeah, I don't know if I was there. Um, I mean, honestly, yeah, Vicky talked soon after our matches and I, I feel like I was always late to media last year. Um, but yeah, I don't remember that, but I, I would probably would if I was there. So okay, I guess that's a good that's thing good. that I wasn't there, and I guess I didn't remember. Yeah, was, it was kind of a it was kind of a double whammy because since my camera was off, like, and it, since because like I spoke immediately after, and they probably didn't know I had other people in the room. It kind of sounded like I had farted. So I was like, this is <laughs> the worst thing that could have happened in this moment. Um, and it was literally the last media availability, so it was kind of like a you know. 
maybe I'll never see them again. And that's going to be the last thing that's in their head is <laughs> he farted on media availability. But it was, it was just blowing his nose. Yeah, I, she's never mentioned it. So I think you're in the clear. That's good. That's good. If you could ask her about that and report back to us next time oh. on this podcast, that would be amazing. You don't actually have to, but it would be absolutely hilarious. I was kind of hoping you'd say she addressed the entire team and she was like, yeah, some reporter just farted at media availability today. Um, but unfortunately, my dreams didn't come true with that. I would have lost. I, w- I wouldn't if because Austin put me back on volleyball this year and if I was almost like, no, I can't do it because... <laughs> I, I farted last. I heard my roommate blew his new nose last time, and I can't go back in that room again. <laughs> no, I honestly do think you are in the clear. Good. That's good. Yeah. Courtney, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate your time, um, and obviously you're welcome to join us again anytime. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been the DI Scoreboard. I am your host, Austin Hansen, joined by my co-host, Will Feynman, this week. I'd like to thank our guests, Courtney Bazario, Chris Werner, and Chloe Peterson for joining us this week. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to us this week. And as always, we hope you will join us again next week. And um, last I checked, we are still sponsored by absolutely nobody. than 50 points in a big 10 game this year I'll, I'll drop out i think is my is my prediction somebody write that down will is dropping out of school uh hopefully his parents don't listen to this pod um i feel bad for for the Feynman. <laughs> the Feynman family is paying will's tuition and he's on this podcast going i'll drop out <laughs> I'll, I'll drop out if they score over okay maybe we should raise it to like 55 but it's gonna say 50 but maybe 55